Have no fear of missing out. The show's about FOMO. Your host is Brian Franzo. I'll tell you what you don't know. And now, your host, iSocial Fans. Welcome back to another episode of the FOMO Fans Podcast. Brian Fanzo here, better known as iSocialFans on the social medias. And we're going to talk about a fun topic today. It's actually a topic I get asked a ton about. And I, I kind of, when I started looking at what I was doing these last couple episodes leading up to episode 100, uh, I was like, wait, how have I not done an episode uh, on this on this structure, on this formula? And, and part of it comes down to, uh, you know, people often ask me, Brian, you are a guy that is pretty open about the fact that you struggle with with grammar or writing. Um, you're, you're open with the fact that you love chaos and a lot of the things that I do are very um, sporadic and um, I, I'm a big believer in real time and uh, not trying to be perfect. Yet I, I, I'm a keynote speaker that delivers, you know, 40 to 60 presentations on stage uh, a year as, you know, the, that's what pays my bills. Uh, you know, I also host three podcasts, uh, you know, on the three podcasts. I, uh, you know, that's, that's about 300 episodes uh, a year of podcasting. And I've done over 3,000 live videos uh, in the last couple of years. And one of the things I, I hear often at times is, Brian, you don't ever sound scripted but you also don't go off on tangents. Like, how do you build out your presentations? How do you create all of this in your world of chaos, in your world of real time, in the world that I live in? And so on this episode, I'm gonna break down to you guys kind of my formula for how I tell stories, how I build my presentations, some of the things that I do um, leading up to that. I'm gonna kind of give you that whole formula. And I can tell you just to start this off, it's a pretty simple formula, but it's something that I've kind of adapted and leveraged um, for multiple years now. And it really allows me to succeed. It allows me to not overthink things, but it also gives me certain steps and parameters to make sure that for you guys, the listener, that you're not lost or what I used to do, probably one of my biggest mistakes was overwhelming an audience or well overwhelming uh, people with my, my content because let's face it, I already talked fast, so now we got to move forward on that. And so one of the things I thought was pretty funny for those that listened to my last episode uh, where I brought my girlfriend on, Jennifer, uh, they all loved it because they were like, well, Brian, Jennifer doesn't talk near as fast as you. And you didn't really slow down when you were talking with her on the podcast. And, you know, that's one of the things for me, uh, you know, I take a lot of pride in, you know, I am who I am, no matter who I'm interviewing, no matter what situation I'm in, I could be interviewing a CMO, a CEO, I could be, you know, interviewing uh, a world leader, I could be interviewing my friend, my mom, my girlfriend, uh, my daughters, Uh, I try really hard to always be myself, to put myself out there the same way, but also not to, you know, change who I am based on the scenario. And I can tell you that works really well for me. A lot of times uh, when I have executives uh, that I'm interviewing or I'm doing fireside chats on stage, one of the things I often hear afterwards is, Brian, man, you made that so simple. It felt comfortable. It felt like a conversation. And I want to say part of my job, one of the things that I take a lot of pride in is that when I collaborate with someone, when I'm working with someone, when I help somebody launch a project or do something, 
It is the simplicity. I want people to feel comfortable. I want them to feel like themselves. I also want them to feel like they could open up in ways maybe they never have before. And that that happens with me a lot of times. And people are like, well, Brian, is it your style? Is it your personality? But I think really what it comes down to is my approach to things. And, and I'm going to talk about how that approach also leads into how I, you know, the formula I do for creating uh, the different you know, podcasts and stuff. But first off, you know, everyone does everything differently. And I've been very blessed. I've been to multiple different trainings as a keynote speaker, um, both on public speaking, both on the delivery of communication. I've also gone to uh, training where they're teaching you how to be a performer on stage. Uh, shout out to my friends over at Heroic Public Speaking. Uh, they do an amazing job, uh, job. Michael and Amy Port do an amazing job of helping people become a better performer on stage when they're delivering their content. Because remember, uh, when you're delivering content, no matter in what medium it is, it's more than just what you say. I, I, podcasting is probably the only uh, you know difference on that. And although with podcasting, I do my podcasts on video. So for me, it is more than what I say. It's how I move my hands. It's how I'm interacting. Um, for those that have, have watched me on video uh, for these podcasts, I'm always standing up because I feel like that's where I bring the most passion. That's where I'm into it the most. Uh, and that also why sometimes the audio goes in and out. But um, what I, one of the things that, that kind of bring this back is that you know, I've been very blessed to, to study and learn from all these different people. And here's the, how I want to start off this episode is that everybody learns differently. Everybody is going to find their own formula for success when you're creating a presentation or a piece of content. And I think it's really important to study how people do it. But here's the thing I don't want anyone to do. Do not copy my exact formula. Do not copy someone else's exact formula. No one should feel like they are a cookie cutter of something else. Like if I go watch someone that listened to this podcast and I go watch them on stage in the future, I do not want to feel like, wow, they, they are Brian Fanzo inspired because we all do things differently. And some people rehearse a bunch, you know, for all those that know Steve Jobs story, uh, I believe the story with Steve Jobs is for every 10 minutes he was presenting on stage, he spent one hour practicing that presentation. So for some of his long ones, he would spend 10, 20 hours on that stage practicing and that delivery of that presentation. Uh, one of my favorite speakers in the world, uh, Andrew Davis, um, is, is one that I know he practices every morning before his big presentation. He spends a lot of time rehearsing and going over all the stories and, and things. And we all do things differently. And for me, I don't do a lot of rehearsal. I don't do a lot of practice. But I do have a formula that works really well for me. And I have not only do I have a formula that works really well for me, but I have kind of a, a mentality and a mindset of how I approach things. And, and it's really what allows me to do what I do at the scale that I do. And so the way that I'm going to talk to you about this is here's how I build out my presentations. And funny enough, I do the same thing with the, po the podcast that you guys are listening to. Uh, I also do the same thing on live videos. And, and I just, you know, I call it my rule of five. And my rule of five, interestingly enough, it could be an hour-long keynote, it could be a 30-minute podcast, it could be a 10-minute video, and I try to stick to my rule of five every single time. And what that rule of five is to me is that I have five key things that I want to include in this piece of content. So five key takeaways, and now this is, this is where I want to kind of walk you guys through this process. 
These aren't five scripts that I want to talk about. These aren't five questions that I want to answer. These are five takeaways that I want the consumer, those that are either watching me up uh, in the audience, those that are listening from me on a podcast, or those that are, no matter where someone's consuming it, these are five things that I want someone to take away. And what I mean by that is they have to be simple enough that someone can repeat them, right? A great storyteller that tells great stories a lot, it creates a, a connection with the audience so that the audience can retell that story in a similar way or give the gist of that story, right? So for me as a presenter, I talk about a lot of things. I talk really fast, but ultimately I use my rule of five. And now here's one of the things that I do with this rule of five and how I build out my presentations is that of the five things that I want people to remember and take away from either a podcast, a live video, or a keynote, Three of them are going to be hard-hitting items. Three of them are going to be like either business-related or really, you know, or, or quotes, like something like really, really tangible for someone to take action with. And then two of them are either going to be a story or something of humor. Now, I don't think of myself as a comedian. I don't think of myself as someone that could do stand-up uh, very easily, I, although I do feel like that is something I, I'm going to, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to tackle here in the near future. But... I, I do like to include humor, most of the time self-deprecating humor, where I make fun of myself or things that I do or the way that I present things. But I try to include humor in my presentations, and sometimes I'll include two or three funny facts or funny comments because that's also something that people remember oftentimes, right? And that we have to kind of remember one of the big things with this is making sure that what we're doing and, and how we're creating you know, the, the, or telling a story, um, it makes it memorable, right? And so for me, that's something that is extremely important. And I will also say this, you know, my rule of five that I'm going to talk to you guys about, I'm going to break down how I do this. My rule of five, the reason that I, I, it doesn't matter how long my content is, is because for me, the longer I have with the audience, the more repetitive I'm going to get, the more I'm going to tell deeper stories to make things uh, more memorable, the shorter amount of time I'm going to get hard hitting to these five things. And so really, I still want only these five things to be what, are, are people remembering, right? And, and the way that I test this out is, and some of you that are listening to this might have actually heard me do this. If you come to my presentation and you see me the next day or later on in the day and you're like, Brian, that presentation was amazing. Or Brian, I loved your podcast. One of my responses almost every time is, well, what was your favorite part? What are the thing that you, that you enjoyed the most of my podcast or the thing you enjoyed the most, uh, 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 or what was the thing that your biggest takeaway? And what I want to hear is one of those five things. Now, if I don't hear one of those five things, I usually ask people like, oh, well, what, are, what, you know, what led you to make that the most memorable thing? Because sometimes your audience uh, isn't the demographic or the people that you kind of think they might be. And so they, they might take different things from different shows and different podcasts. But so the way I do this is I oftentimes build out a presentation where I say, okay, what are the five takeaways? What does success look like for me? And I write down, and I usually start with about, let's be real, I start with about 15 to 20 things that I want people to take away from a podcast or a presentation. I start with like 15 or 20 of them, right? And, and I'm looking at it right now for this podcast. Uh, I have my notes up here on the side, and I started off with about 10 things that I wanted to talk about on this episode. 
And then what I do is I try, I look at the 10 or 15 things that I have, and I try to break them down and try to, try to group them together in a, in a more holistic view, right? And so if I have a couple of things that are very similar, I try to restructure that to kind of eliminate a couple of things. I also then think about it and say, okay, is this the right presentation for this, the, all 10 of these things? Or am, have I already talked about one of these things that I can reference? Therefore, I don't have to actually talk about it um, on stage or on the show. And I try to break that list of 15 down to about five to seven uh, prior to doing the, the podcast or the show or whatever, or my keynote. Now, as a presenter, uh, when I'm presenting on stage, uh, majority of the time I use slides. Uh, I have done a lot of presentations last year where I use no slides. Uh, I've got a lot of great feedback on that. For me, it really depends on the audience. And the way that I kind of set that up is if the audience is very social, if the audience is very um, marketing focused, I want to present. I want to use slides that allow them to take pictures of them, so they can put them out on social media to not only promote my session, but it gives me more brand awareness. So let's face it, that's one of my my strategies. And you guys will notice my slides are very tweetable, which means they're not crazy colors. They look good as a picture, and they have enough information, but not too much information to give people context so that when someone tweets out a slide, people can kind of uh, get a feeling of what I'm talking about. But I use those slides as well as a center for or a structure of a flow for my five key points. So what I mean by that is my slides for the most part aren't my presentation. They, they complement what I'm gonna talk about, the, the, the feeling, the stories I'm gonna tell. But for me, I actually use my slides to help get me through the presentation in a way that allows me to get to my five points. And what I mean by that is, let's say I have 30 slides. Of those 30 slides, within that presentation, certain slides are gonna invoke for me as the presenter one of those five things that I wanna talk about. And so you'll notice if you've seen me present multiple times, even giving the same keynote topic, I oftentimes will have different slides. And people are like, well, Brian, why do you reinvent the wheel? Why do you use different slides? And here's the reason. Every audience is different, but also my takeaways, my five takeaways are, are often different depending on the audience, depending on if it's a paid gig versus a non-paid gig, uh, depending on how long I'm on stage. If, I can, if I'm giving my press the damn button keynote and it's an hour long versus a 30 minute long version of that presentation, not only are the slides gonna be different, but I'm gonna present that in an entirely different way because my five key facts are gonna be needed to be dripped in differently across the board. So. Everything I do is around this five, right? And as I said, they're not just, they're not questions, they're not comments, they're not quotes. They're five things that I want people to be able to repeat and, and tell someone else about the, the positive, about this conversation, right? So like this, po this podcast itself, I want, you know, there's five things I want everyone to be able to take away. So if you were telling a friend about this episode of the FOMO Fans podcast, I want you to be able to uh, you know, reiterate one or multiple of these five things. And that's how I build out everything. So if I'm going to do a live video, if I'm going to go live on Facebook or Periscope or you know, the breaking news now, for those that don't know, uh, LinkedIn just announced that they're going to have allow people to do live video and it's going to be a slow rollout. Um, I don't have access to it yet, but I do have some concerns and insights on the live video that, that LinkedIn's going to include. But, um, but no matter where you're going live, what I always do before I go live, before, and, and, I, and I'm going to kind of, I know I'm jumping around a little bit here, but 
before I go live on live video, I write down or I, I repeat in my head the five things that I want someone to take away from this live video. But then just before I press the button, I have to, I, what I think about is, okay, where is my audience that I am hoping to attract listening to this live video at? Like, where are they at physically? Are they at work? Are they at home? Are they in their car? Are they on, uh, on an airplane? Like, where are they at? And then the other piece of this is, what is the end result of this piece of content? Now, I want to tell everyone that's listening to this, this is an extremely important piece. Before I create any content, I think to myself and say, where is the, 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 the finished product of this piece of content going to live? So I record these podcasts on video, oftentimes on Facebook Live, um, and, but the, for me, the, the main piece of the medium of this podcast is the audio. The audio is the most important. So yes, I might talk with my hands, I might look down more, but because this, this piece of content is a podcast, the audio is what I feel is the most important. When I'm doing a keynote on stage and I'm building out my keynotes, for me, it's the presentation, right? So it's, it's my delivery, where I walk on stage, how I say things, if I move forward, if I move backwards, all of these things play into, into account. But it also, it also changes how I deliver my five points. Because let me kind of explain the difference. On a podcast, I don't really get to see a live audience, right? I don't know if you guys are listening, if you're turning, tuning out, if you guys are about to hit the pause button because you're pulling up into your office, whatever that may be. So for me, I have to just go with my gut, focus on what I'm going to talk about, and hammer out these five um, items. And I try to do it, I have an idea of how long I'm going to talk uh, on every podcast. I don't really stick directly to that, but I also try to do that as well. On live video, I think about, okay, how long do I want this video to be? What is the, where does this video live? Now, part of, sometimes I do live video with the goal of the video being within a blog post or the video supporting a podcast or the video, I'm going to cut up the video, I'm going to put it on LinkedIn. So before I do that live video, I actually think about, okay, where will this video live at the end? And the reason I think about that is when I'm using an example or I'm using a call to action, I want to make sure that I am, I am using that call to action at, for the place where this piece of content is going to live. So for example, if it is a podcast, I'm going to say things like, don't worry, I'm going to include this in the show notes, right? Because show notes are podcast, um, you know, it's the support uh, verbiage that supports a podcast episode. If I'm doing a live video and it's going to live on LinkedIn, I'm going to take the produced video on and put it on LinkedIn. I'm going to make sure to not say things like, thank you for sharing this on Facebook Live. Or I'm going to make sure not to say things like, uh, make sh uh, you know, please include, include your live comments, whatever that may be. If I'm going to be creating a presentation for on stage, and maybe I'm testing it out on video, one of the things, the call to actions I'm going to be able to use there is I'm going to remember that people are just going to remember my name. They're going to oftentimes remember me as the backwards hat pod, uh, keynote speaker. Um, but so for there, I have to know that if I'm giving a call to action on stage, it's different than giving a call to action in a podcast. It's different than giving a, a call to action in a live video. It's different than giving a call to action even in a blog post. And I can tell you, this is somewhere where I think a lot of storytellers go wrong. If you listen to a lot of people on podcasts, and this is known, okay, I guess this is a knock on podcasters. To be a great podcaster, if you have an interview style format of a show, you must be a great interviewer. And here's the truth. Most people suck at interviewing. 
The main reason is, is when they ask a question, they're oftentimes just waiting for their turn to talk, not actively listening to what that person has to say. They're also not listening to what that person didn't say or what that person might have glossed over so that they can add more value to it. And so when you're looking at this, one of the things that really bothers me is that if you see a YouTuber launch a podcast, they oftentimes drop their call to action, you know, telling people to go to their website or whatever it might be, the same way they do on YouTube as they're on a podcast. And you'll notice this as keynote speakers. Oftentimes the best keynote speakers that I see on stage suck at delivering a call to action within a video or on a podcast. And it's part of the reason is, is because they deliver it as if they're on stage. And this is really, really, really important. Although I build every one of my pieces of content the same way with my five key uh, factors, right? These are my five key points that I want to include in every time. Even though every one of my presentations are the same, here's the biggest caveat. The way that I deliver my stories are different depending on the medium and depending on the audience. And the way that I use my call to actions, getting people to take action, are different depending on the medium and depending on the audience. So I think that's extremely important for you, those that are listening here, because oftentimes, I think this is a struggle we have, just because you're a great, uh, you're, you're great at uh, on stage doesn't mean you're a great interviewer. Just because you're a great interviewer does not mean you're a great keynote speaker. Just because you're great at a subject matter expert on, on working on some tool like Facebook ads doesn't mean you're great at conveying that message with other people. And always, this is something that I really stress, is one of my goals is not, and when I'm, I'm creating my presentations and the podcast is the same way, I don't want ever people to feel that are listening to my podcast, that are watching me on live video, or that are seeing me on stage. My goal is not to make the audience feel that I am smarter than them. Because let's face it, I'm not. And I'm not conveying that. What I, my goal as a speaker and what I, my goal as a podcaster, my goal as a live video creator is to, to help inspire people to motivate people to take action, oftentimes on what they've already thought they wanted to do. And then the other piece of that is to educate in a way that is simply, and simplicity, right? I want to, I like to say I translate the geek, geek speak and I, I simplify the complex. So yes, I'm not, I'm not the, you know, there's tons of people talking about live video. There's tons of people talking about marketing to millennials. There's tons of people about talking about fear of missing out. What my goal is on every one of my pieces of content are those three things. I hope to inspire, I hope to motivate, and I hope to educate. Nowhere do I hope to become the, the number one thought leader. Nowhere do I want to be uh, portrayed as someone that knows more than someone else. Nowhere do I want to be looked at as the guru master that knows everything, right? And so that's an important fact because I think a lot of new speakers, they get up there and their whole goal is to make themselves feel smarter than the people that are in the audience. And here's the thing that's bad about that, especially as a speaker, you're already on a stage, you're already on an elevated platform, and you already have people's attention. They already are, are buying in to the validity of what you have to say. If you then talk down to them and want them to make you feel like you are more important, they will immediately tune that out because, let's face it, we don't, we don't believe anybody that says they're perfect, and we don't need more people telling us why they're better than us. What we hope people do is that they're relatable, they connect with us, they simplify complex conversations or complex ideas, and then ultimately they inspire or motivate us to do our job better, to do our lives better. And, and remember, for me, 
all of my content is, is business focused, right? I am a business uh, minded content creator. I don't create uh, entertaining content. I'm not jumping, you know, I'm not taking jackass style content. I'm not, you know, singing or dancing. Let's face it, I can't sing or dance. Uh, I love live music and all that stuff. But so for me, as a business-minded content creator, my goal is threefold. It is to inspire, it is to motivate, it is to educate. And the way that I do that is every piece of content that I create, including my keynotes, are built with these five principles in mind. Now, I talked about these five principles, and the way that I kind of build these out is each one of these principles has kind of like an overarching theme, right? It'll, it'll be something like, I want people to realize that influencer marketing is at its infancy, and there's some great ways to use influencer marketing, there's some bad ways to use influencer marketing, but ultimately, uh, influencer marketing is still figuring out its value, right? Like that might be one of my five pieces. Now, how I do that as a keynote speaker is that for every one of those five things, I also have a story or an example or a piece of data that I'm going to also reference with my five key facts, right? So as a presenter, yes, I only have five things that I hope people take away, but for each one of those five things, I support it with a story, a piece of data, or reiterating it again in my presentation, right? So now as a keynote speaker, one of my skill sets, and, I, and, I've, and I've talked about this a little bit, we're going to have a, I'm gonna have a future podcast about this. As a, I'm a poker player. I, 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 I trained as a poker player. I was a professional poker player. And one of the things that I've done, I spent a lot of time doing, was studying nonverbal cues. And so for me, when I have an audience and I'm going through my five, my five key takeaways, what I do is I read the audience. And as I'm delivering one of those five key takeaways, I'm reading the audience to say, are they enjoying it? Did I surprise them? Did I, are they shaking their head because they can, you know, giving me confirmation? Are they giving me a look of confusion? Depending on what, what that, that audience feel is, then depends on what story I tell or how long my story is, or if I reference data. So funny enough, I don't usually include a lot of data on my slides. And the reason that is, is because if I'm delivering a point and I'm hammering it home and I feel like the audience is, uh, is receiving that really well, I don't want to add data on top of it to confuse the point or to take people back a step, right? If I know that the audience is, is getting it, I will oftentimes go to my shorter story to kind of just reiterate it and then I'll move on to the next point. If I see that my audience is not receiving one of, my, one of those five key points and they look shocked or confused, I then will oftentimes go to a much longer story where I, I will say things like, okay, let me paint the picture for you guys. Or here's a perfect example of why this makes sense, right? And I will do that you know, in the flow. And then if I get through that story and I start to realize that, okay, I'm winning people over, but they're still slightly have a, a look of confusion or maybe they've tucked their feet underneath their desk just a hint, feet give away the most out of everybody. But if I'm still not sold, I will oftentimes throw a piece of data back into everything that I'm doing. So here's one of my secrets of those five things that I talk about. Usually of those five things, three of them have a data-backed piece that I can leverage when I'm delivering that, that five uh, value. And all of them usually have a story to go along with that point, right? And that is something that I, I take a lot of pride in. It's something that I work really hard on. So 
When I'm creating content, and let's bring this full circle, no matter what the content is, podcast, live video, blog post, uh, keynote presentation, workshop, you know, and I, and I love doing panels. Like when I, I'm moderating a panel um, next month at Oracle Marketing uh, Experience there in Las Vegas, and I'm interviewing a CEO and CMO of companies. Funny enough, we're having our pre-call for that, that panel that I'm moderating next week. And you, do you know what I'm doing on that panel? I'm, gonna, I'm talking these people through and they're gonna want me to give them the questions I'm gonna ask them. I'm not gonna give them that. I'm gonna ask them certain questions because the, my goal is to get those five key points. And what I'm gonna tell them is, throughout this panel discussion that I'm moderating, I'm gonna get you to make sure that we cover the five main areas that we as a panel agree to. I take so much pride in moderating. I take so much pride in interviewing. And just so you guys know, here's a little tease. The podcast after episode 100, there's gonna be a lot more interviews uh, on this podcast because I love interviewing smart people. I love interviewing people in my life and I have so many great people that are doing great things that I wanna use this, this medium to bring their stories to you guys, the audience. So stay tuned to that. But so no matter what kind of content I'm creating, moderating a podcast, giving or moderating a, a, key, a, a panel discussion, giving a keynote, delivering a podcast, creating live video, writing a blog for a website, no matter what I'm doing, I try to focus on having five key takeaways. I put them on a sticky note. I put them up there on uh, right underneath the camera most of the time. And I, I, I try not to, I try to make them uh, bold enough and big enough words that I don't have to actually read them. Like most people will never see my eyes moving to read them, but I try to work my way through. Now I will tell you the order of these five things oftentimes does not matter. I will oftentimes get on a rant or I'll go down a, a, a different pipeline and all of a sudden I'll be like, Ooh, I need to go to this one and I'll backtrack to that one. Right. And this is a skill I can tell you. I mean, I did 400 Google plus interviews where I interviewed different guests on Google Hangouts over a three-year period. I've hosted 500 podcast episodes total. I've been on stages, over 200 stages as a keynote speaker, and I've hosted this podcast you know, uh, as a solo podcast. So I've had a lot of experience with this. So it takes time. And what I wanna tell people is the simple formula where I want you to start with is I want you to, every time you're creating something, if you wanna follow my lead, think about those takeaways. It doesn't have to be five. Maybe five overwhelms you, and maybe you only wanna talk about three. Maybe you wanna talk about two things. But but make sure that what you're doing is you're writing those down because it keeps you guided. It makes sure that you cover everything that you want to, but it also kind of gives you a little bit of confidence because here's the funny thing about this. I tell people to press the damn button and I understand pressing the damn button is scary for many, many people. And, and I, I completely understand that. I respect that. I completely, it, it makes sense. But you know how do you get over that? It's not keep practicing things trying to be perfect because perfection's a fairy tale. It's about creating a formula or a process that gets you comfortable. For me, my process for making me comfortable are these five steps, these five things that I do every time. Sometimes I write them down. Sometimes I think about it in my head just before I go live. Sometimes I will write out an entire blog post with those five things and then do a podcast afterwards. It really just depends on where I'm at in the content flow, but yes, Surprisingly enough, my content sounds like real time. It oftentimes sounds like I'm shooting off, you know, from the, the seat of my pants and a little bit sporadic. But everything I create from keynotes to podcasts to live video is built around these five things. So I challenge everyone to start figuring out what works for you. If you're like my friend Andrew Davis and rehearsal means a lot to you, 
Go do rehearsals. Rehearse the hell out of things before you press the damn button. If you're someone that likes to do multiple takes, why not do multiple takes? One of the, the tips I always tell people, if you're scared of video, my challenge to you, if you don't like doing video, I want you to FaceTime your family or friends five times this week. You don't have to worry about getting used to being on video for marketing. Just get used to being on video at all. Get on video on FaceTime using your phone and get familiar with that. And then slowly you'll start getting the training wheels off. And so I, was, I hope this kind of provided value to you guys because it's a question I get all the time. And my keynotes, I take a ton of pride in that, but I leverage my skill set. And my skill set is that I am able to multitask. Am I able to roll with the punches? I'm able to read the audience. And I'm able, if I use these five key structures, I'm able to present something in a simplistic way that ultimately does what every piece of content I want to do. Every piece of content. And I would love for you guys to challenge me. Feel free to tweet me uh, at iSocialFans if you guys are listening to this, if you have more questions. But for me, everything I do, it has three goals. It's to inspire you, it's to motivate you, and to educate you. This podcast, I hope I educated you on how I build my content, the mindset that requires to do it. I hope I inspired you to start thinking about your own process, your own way of doing things. And then lastly, I hope I motivated you to start putting your story out there more by now giving you some ideas of ways to make this whole thing a little bit easier. So this was my way. I, I use these five key things. I always include stories. I try to include humor. Like I said, most of the time the humor is self-deprecating. So I'll make fun of myself, you know, because of my grammar or uh, I'll make fun of, you know, the audience or I'll make fun of the trip that I had or I'll, I'll laugh at what I'm wearing or I'll say things like, yeah, I know, you know, uh, I'm a millennial, which probably surprises everybody because, you know, I'm wearing a backwards hat, a t-shirt and, uh, you know, uh, colorful shoes, right? And like trying to kind of poke fun of myself, it makes you a little more relatable. It kind of brings, uh, things full circle. But that's how I do things. Everyone has different processes, but my, my goal is to figure out what works best for you and then own that because guess what? It works well for me in everything I do. I don't get overwhelmed creating a new keynote. I don't get overwhelmed creating podcasts. I don't get overwhelmed creating videos because I have the same formula. Funny enough, I get overwhelmed writing this damn book, which is called Press the Damn Button. I think the reason I get overwhelmed by this book is because I can't use my five principles in this book. Or maybe I can. Stay tuned. I'll tell you guys more about that. Until next time, my name is Brian Fanzo. Remember, go above and beyond to let people know that you care, especially content creators. You will be amazed. Reach out to your favorite podcast host. Reach out to your favorite videos. Reach out to your favorite blogger. Let them know that you appreciate them. You love what they're doing. That goes so long for content creators. It continues to motivate us, continues to inspire us, and it helps us build a relationship with you, the audience, which I think everybody that's listening to this understands about. Until next time, my name is Brian Fanzo. Cheers, my friends. Yeah.